I, in my eyes, I'm a manly man. But with that said, it's because, not because I'm huge or strong or whatever, it's because I live a compassionate lifestyle. And I think there's nothing more manly than caring for someone or caring for something. Welcome to the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to yet another episode of the Vegan Manly Man podcast. I'm your host, Jake Singer, and this is the show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. Guys, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. As always, don't forget to leave me a rating and review on iTunes if you like the show, share with a family member or a friend, all that good stuff. You guys know the drill. I appreciate everyone who has done that so far. I have an awesome show for you guys today and a really amazing guest. I got to sit down with Kerry Kidd. He's been vegan since birth. He is the COO of True Supplements, and he's also the co-founder of an initiative called Veg South, which is bringing vegan culture into the southern, more rural areas that really don't have access or knowledge to what the vegan lifestyle is, which I think is super cool. So not only that, but I mean, the fact that this guy has been vegan since birth, that's just something that you really don't hear about for somebody who's in their early 30s. You know, I feel like it's definitely going to be more popular with vegans having kids now, but you know, Carrie's 32 years old and vegan since birth. I mean, that's, that's a crazy experience to grow up, you know, in the 90s and in the late 80s and just having that experience of being a vegan child in a very non-vegan world at the time, you know, things are a lot different now. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy his story. Uh, not to mention he is 250 pounds, six feet tall. He's an absolute beast in the gym. Um, definitely check him out on Instagram and you will see just how massive this dude is. And you're going to be like, this dude has been vegan since birth. Anyways, I'm going to let you guys get right into it. So please enjoy this interview. Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to uh, talk to the audience and and share your story and um, kind of just uh, be here with me on the show. So I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you inviting me. Uh, I love doing these things and talking to different people, meeting people all the time. So I travel. So I appreciate you reaching out, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, the podcast platform is just really cool in this day and age to have kind of like more in-depth and deeper conversations because we live in a social media world now where everything is like so quick. You got to catch somebody's attention in like a second. But, you know, podcasts have really like brought it back to like I've heard people make the comparison of like sitting around like a, a campfire and just like sharing stories. So. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely see that. You know, I just started listening to podcasts, especially when I do cardio. And I literally only do cardio when I'm cutting. So it's like cutting season. So I've been, <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast and, and, and stuff like that as I do cardio. So they're fun. I would imagine like cardio for a guy like you is just like lifting weights faster. I don't know. Is that is that <laughs> <laughs> lots, of, lots of reps and maybe walking? That's all I got to do. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I get that, man. So Man, you've been vegan since birth. I I just think that that's that's so awesome. You really don't see that yet. Kind of like you know, I don't know. Veganism is such a it's not a new thing, but it's it's only just gone mainstream. So that has to be kind of I don't know. I I feel like if I were you, I'd be very proud of that, or or feel like you're kind of special in that way. You know, I um 
I grew up in the South here. So for me, it was always just kind of like, it was my lifestyle. Um, I never thought any different about it. You know, I just, I didn't eat the same things that everybody was eating. So it's, it's always been fun. I've always enjoyed, uh, being vegan just because it was, it was, I'm living my best life, you know, and, uh, my parents are very cool. So, uh, they kind of raised me that way with the stipulation, like I'm, I'm their friend, you know, and I never had like parental role models in the fact that I was, you know, do this, do this, do this is just, Hey, we're all living this life and it's fun. Right. Right. I think that's how it should be. I mean, nobody really has the answers for all this. I think, I think a lot of people take things way too serious. It's like, man, slow down. Just like look around you, look where we're at and actually realize like, we're all just on a giant floating rock. Like, you know, moving through the universe, it's not as serious as you think. So, Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, before we kind of dive deep, man, I like to start my um, interview podcast off with kind of a, a more serious question. That way the audience can really get to know like just what you're about right off the bat. And then we'll kind of dive in deeper into how you got to that point. Um, so so what is your mission statement for life? What do you want to achieve here uh, on Earth? You know, man, so um, as I've grown throughout the years, I'm, I'm 32 now. Um, you know, my twenties, I was hustling as hard as I could to, uh, you know, make money and do all this stuff and and try to grind to do that. And now, uh, granted, you know, we need money to survive and do all this. I've kind of switched focus. I really, you know, I want to provide a better future for my daughter, uh, my family and, um, just for anyone involved. So if that's through vegan activism or fitness and health, uh, that is, that is what I'm more interested in. I, I truly love this lifestyle. I'm very passionate about it. And I want to show that with people. Uh, I want them to feel that passion. And so they, they, they're not scared of it, especially with vegan. You know, I, I don't like that vegan such a bad word. And the, the whole goal for me is to make that a cool word, to make it something that people can relate to and be like, oh, wow, okay, I didn't think of it that way. I could try this, you know. That is, that is yeah. my goal. Uh, my mission statement now is literally just for vegan advocacy while living uh, a compassionate lifestyle and making conscious capitalism. You know, if it can pay my bills and I can live and, and do what I want to do, then, hey, so be it. Yeah, I love that. Have you ever heard of the word attractivism? Uh, yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I think that's, that... It's a great that's, word. Yeah, it's a great word. I mean, I, I feel like that's kind of more my... St- I, I almost feel like my style is blended. Uh, I'll, I do a lot of attractivism through social media, but I'll also get out on the streets and, and do some, uh, Cuba truce, you know, do, do some actual like street activism. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of people, especially, you know, social media influencers who are doing this attractivism, basically showing, Hey, this vegan lifestyle is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, c- come over here, you know, we have good food, we have good people, we have good energy. Um, and instead of, you know, the traditional stereotype of, of vegans just being these angry, aggressive people. I think you're definitely doing an awesome job at that. So I appreciate it, man. I mean, if you look at my, uh, my social media, mostly it's food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might do an occasional workout, you know, cause I, that's what I do. But, uh, man, I, I just want to showcase that around the, the country in the United States where we all pretty much live. Um, there is so many places to eat and I've gone to some really like weird places that you would not think have vegan options. So, um, yeah, the, the fact that it's there and they're good and, you know, people can look at it and like, oh, wow, that looks like real meat. That looks real, you know? And then I, I get right. to, I get to express this is real food. This is what real food is, you know? Right. Um, it's not fake. That's, that's what I like. And this is what I've been passionate about is just literally showcasing that this lifestyle is, is really not that hard. I could never do that. Yeah. You know, I can never give up cheese. What do you mean? Here you go. 
you know, try it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've been vegan since birth. Talk about your life growing up and maybe some of the challenges that uh, came along with being a vegan kid, you know, especially at a time when the movement was not uh, as mainstream mm-hmm. as it is today. So, you know, I've grown up in this, I live in North Carolina and I've lived here pretty much my entire life. Um, it's very rural. It's very country. Uh, it's like hog country. It's a, basically about 45 minutes from where I live. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, the capital, uh, is literally the largest, uh, hog, like growth treatment and processing facilities in the country. Wow. So this is where everyone gets their barbecue and their, their pork chops and all this other stuff. Um, it's just a farming rural community. Uh, so growing up, you know, uh, some of the challenges were, you know, going to school, you know, I always had packed lunches. My father was awesome with that. He would always pack my lunches, make sure I had something to eat. Um, you know, back then though, we had <laughs> soy boy, uh, tofu hot dogs and Loma Linda, <laughs> like canned, like soy products. So, um, and then tofu, but literally ate a ton of tofu, but, but we didn't have a lot of money. So we had a lot of like grains, beans, nuts, seeds, vegetables. That's what I pretty much grew up on. And, um, so going to school, that's what I kind of ate. Uh, it, was, it was always something different. So I could see how a lot of people would see that as, wow, you're kind of like leaving your kid left out. But the best thing that <clears throat> worked for me is my, my parents really instilled a lot of confidence in me as a younger uh, kid through martial arts, uh, through weightlifting, all these things. I, I really became confident in myself. So being unique and different, it wasn't too difficult. But that, I guess that would be uh, one of the challenges there was I was growing up, going to like elementary and middle school, learning about the food pyramid where they're saying, you got to have your dairy, you got to have your protein from meat. And it was on that chart, you know, and uh, here I am kind of like thinking to myself, but I don't eat that stuff. What, what's what's going on with me, you know, yeah. um, but, but having that support system with my family to where they could really uh, let me know it's okay, you're fine. You know, um, that, that, that was, that was probably one of the challenges right there. And then growing up, you know, especially here, everyone wants to date in their lifestyle. I mean, it's, it's like being out of a religion, you know, and and two separate religions that don't even transpire with each other. Um, dating was a challenge too, just because, you know, I don't, I don't want things cooked on my stove that are dead, or, uh, I don't want to go watch you eat, uh, you know, steak. I'm not into that. Same with like business, you know, everyone wants to go get the fancy steaks or uh, the, the sushi and stuff like that. It seems like it's either steak or sushi. That's what people want to do. Yeah. In these meetings. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's just so they go hand in hand from business to uh, dating. One of the biggest challenges is there, especially down here. There, there is no one vegan. Now, granted, now it's grown a lot. Um, but like I said, I'm 32 years old. So I've been through 32 years of going through this. And uh, I would say that's the challenges there. It's just, you know, social relationships, uh, the dating and, and business, uh, because, you know, um, I hate to say it like this, but most people look at vegans like wimps and especially growing up. Uh, I'm not like that I'm very aggressive with everything I do. So in business, uh, I had to tell them, you know, oh, I'm not eating that, you know, we can, I can go there, but I'm not eating that. Right. So, you know, it, it can make you come off as kind of like, uh, condescending towards them, but it's just how it is. So I'd say that's a big challenge too. Yeah, I think people don't don't understand when you I, I feel like people are take it personally, like they don't understand how, you know, these beliefs are are so instilled in you. And so they think like, oh, 
you know, he's vegan, but we'll go to this restaurant and you know, it'll be fine. He can get something else for this one night. But like, no, that's not how it is. And when you tell somebody that it's like, they almost get like offended, but it's just like, Hey man, like, no, there's multiple layers and levels to this and a reason behind why I'm, you know, not going to waver at all when it comes to this lifestyle. Exactly. It's true. Did you ever feel like you wanted to experiment or or try, you know, any animal products or get curious, like any peer pressure from friends. I'm, I'm sure it was there, but did you ever, you know, get curious about wanting to try some of this stuff? You know, man, I, I really didn't. Um, I, uh, I've always been really into what I did. I, I was an introvert, uh, when I was growing up, I, I kind of just wanted to be left alone. Um, and it's weird now, you know, I'm still kind of an introvert and, uh, Bianca Taylor actually talked to me about this. She said, you're more of an ambivert. And I was like, ah, okay, I get it because I want to be left alone. But at the most time I will, I will turn it on just like we're having this discussion right here. I like talking about this stuff. Yeah. You know? So, um, I, it's, it's just kind of, I never had the temptation to do anything that anyone else was doing. I never followed, uh, the, the drug and, 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 you know, partying scene just like that. I mean, I've partied, we've all partied when we were teenagers, Sure. (laughs) but I never, you know, I never wanted to like jump into that route. Um, so, so for me, veganism was just what I was doing. Uh, living that lifestyle was just how I was, you know? Um, but then I got more hardcore about it when the internet came around and social media really started kicking off and it, it turned me more ethical. And then that's when my advocacy started coming out. That's when I really wanted to start talking about it more. And it, it really helped me uh, grow more confident in what I was doing, you know, because uh, the cognitive dissonance is real and, and, and people don't understand that. They, they, it's so funny, man. I, um, just yesterday, you know, a good friend of mine has uh, pigs. It's a sanctuary. She started at her place and they act just like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they want to get their bellies rubbed. They want to come up and, and nuzzle you and, and do all these things. They're just like dogs. It's so crazy. But then you'll see people cooking them and eating them. And it just, it blows my mind. So I, I became more confident and more, uh, not tempted to do anything, uh, just because I started seeing more what it is, because that's what veganism is, is it's literally unlocking a door into the darkness of humanity. Mm. And that's what it is. I like that analogy a lot, actually, because that's exactly how I felt when I first started living this lifestyle. It's like, or I compare it to like a light switch. It's you don't realize how far removed you're actually from it until you completely just dive in. And then you're just like, holy shit, this is just, you know, there's so much hidden from us. And so in a way you can almost understand why people are so disconnected and why they have these beliefs, because it's literally been built and conditioned in them to remove them so far away from the actual truth that you know, it's like, who's going to believe you when you're telling them all these things is because it's like, oh, no way. Like, this is the way it's always been. It's actually really crazy. It's true. And, and it, that's why I like I like some of the uh, the different, I guess, uh, ways that people go about veganism. You know, you've got uh, fitness vegans like, you know, Torre and all these people, Nimai. Um, but then you've got advocates like Dom. Who, who really like pushes that you've got gray, like you were talking about, who has like a huge, uh, like black culture with veganism. Yeah. So there's different aspects to it. So uh, like, I like to, I like to look at how people present it, but just like slavery used to be okay. Right. You know, and nowadays it's not, you know, we, we look at it like that's horrible. You can't do that. And I think veganism is going to take off treating animals that way. Yeah. 
is going to be looked and frowned upon just because, wow, this is what really happens. Yeah. I think, I think people are going to be, uh, shifted into the movement more so through environmental reasons, uh, and health reasons. I think that that's going to come forefront. And then once people start eating plant-based, uh, they'll make the vegan connection and, and stick around for the ethics and, and truly understand. Um, I, at least that's how I started to, I started for selfish reasons, but I really think that the way things are going, just like with, with the state of our earth and, you know, the the population increasing and all these other things happening. I think, I think it's going to be something different. That's going to get people initially invested and then they'll make the connection. Cause I, I, for whatever reason, I think that that's why people don't try or, or, or don't make the connection because they don't think that they can eat vegan food. Exactly. And then once they make that realization, then it's so much easier. It, it, it just takes one little thing to get somebody. And, and I tell people that all the time. I said, find your why, mm-hmm. you know, if it's for health and fitness, cool. That's a great way to do it because you're going to recover faster and, you know, rehabilitate and, and do things that you couldn't do before. You're not going to have inflammation. If it's for, you know, disease, you don't want to be hooked on prescription pills for the rest of your life. Awesome. If it's for the animals, you don't want to see innocent sentient beings being murdered. Uh, awesome. You know, like there's, it's just whatever your reason is, you know, and then it unlocks more and more and more. And as you keep, digging and digging and digging, you start finding all these things that you never knew. I've been vegan my whole life and I'm still learning things about how animals are treated or what's in these foods. You know, um, it's, I'm not even gonna call it food. What's in these products that, you know, that people are consuming. And it's amazing to me. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. It's such a dark industry. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Well, that's awesome that you never really had that kind of, um, urge to to break away from that and uh i I like what what bianca called you and it's actually funny she just posted a tweet recently it says um you realize that people can be social media personalities and still be introverts right i choose my interactions carefully the same way i carefully decide which picture of my ass to post each day (laughs) that's so funny yeah (laughs) yeah she's great well let me talk about um or let us talk about rather the role that fitness has played into your life, because for people who may not know you, um, you're a pretty big dude. Um, you know, you're very muscular. I, if you were walking down the street, I mean, I'll be honest, I wouldn't think, Oh, that's a vegan guy, but (laughs) you know, and and that's luckily that stereotype is being broken more and more each day. But if you're walking down the street, you know, I, I would consider you just like, man, that dude is just like, just badass, you know? So <laughs> if you don't follow Carrie, you got to follow my Instagram. We'll, we'll drop those links later on, but, um, talk about the role of fitness has played in your life. When did that come into your life and how has it helped you on your mission and your journey? Awesome. So I've, I've been involved with fitness my, uh, my entire life. You know, my dad got me into martial arts when I was like five years old. Uh, I did show to come martial arts, uh, for a long time. Uh, my dad said I actually became more confident and he could actually see an awakening in me when I was 10, when I got my ass beat. <laughs> and, um, and then I came back, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm ready. You know, and I, I won. And from there on, uh, you know, we got into, uh, lifting weights. Um, when I was like 14, I was still doing martial arts and Brazilian jujitsu and, and getting into Muay Thai and stuff like that. So, but then the weightlifting really took over and I really got like, like addicted to it. I just loved the way it felt and um, uh, the way it made me feel like with stress and all these things. And even now today, uh, I don't, you know, I don't take anxiety medicines or uh, have depression medicines or anything because that is my therapy. You know, that, that right there, fitness 
and, and staying active and pushing my body to the limit and trying to do what I can do to, to better myself and be the best version of myself, uh, th- that's what fitness has done for me. I, it only strives me to do more, you know, and, and I see these people that, that really try to push it and, uh, for the wrong reasons. And that's not how it should be. It should be to, to better yourself as a person. If, if you can't do that, uh, and you're not working on yourself in that aspect, you're doing it wrong. It shouldn't be for like pictures and social media and picking up girls. It should be for literally, I, I want to be a better person. Right. I want better mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, just because, um, that's just how it is. You know, as a, as a kid, I mean, and I'll say it and I'm proud to say it just because, uh, it, it's always been there. And I think a lot of people suffer from it is, is body dysmorphia. I, I never thought I was like, you know, in the best shape I could be or bigger or stuff like that. I was still 200 pounds when I was like 18, 19 years old. Um, in my eyes, I was like, man, I am small, you know, and it's, I didn't like it, you know? So, so pushing myself in the gym and going harder and and man, I imagine people always ask me, oh man, how do you get so big doing this reps? Man, I've I've done thousands and thousands of reps. I've picked up thousands and thousands of pounds over these years. And, um, it's just, you know, even, even today I still suffer from, it. I think everybody does though. And it's, it's hard because that's what we live in as a society where it's based on how you look. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I I've met people that are literally not the healthiest, but have the coolest personalities, but nobody gives them the time of day just because of that. So fitness has helped me in that aspect where it's given me the, the, the symbolism to voice my, my advocacy. Yeah, that makes total sense, man. That's that is sad. There are some beautiful souls out there, and for whatever reasons, whether you know the the genetics just haven't you know favored them, or you know for whatever circumstances there are, they just you know they don't they're not able to achieve the physique or the look that you know society wants them to be, and and their voice goes unheard. And and there's so many beautiful souls with amazing messages. Who yeah, like you said, you know, no one's giving them the time of day. So, um, you know, I mean, at the same time, I have a ton of respect for people in the fitness industry who have shaped their bodies to be where they are, because that does take thousands of hours of work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there are some people doing it for selfish reasons, but especially for somebody like yourself, um, you know, people like Nimai, you know, some others, some of the vegan bodybuilders, you know, they're doing it for a purpose beyond themselves. And it really is uh, serving them as this like almost not not a decoy, but it, it gets people interested. They're just like, whoa, look at that dude. Like, you know, he must have something good to say if he has this physique. So I'm sure that has helped you a ton in your in your advocacy. People just want to it's, it's funny, like I do a lot of uh, expos and fitness conferences around the country. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had people that's literally come up to me just because I'm a bigger guy. They literally, they just, they, they think you're somebody cause you're a bigger guy and, and it's, it's weird. But uh, like I said, the fact that I can take that and, and really change it and try to like skew people's like opinions about veganism in a plant-based diet and, and plant-based supplements, because the supplement industry is the most disgusting industry I've ever seen. It, it, it it's, it's part of the, uh, the meat and dairy industry just because it is nothing but byproducts. You know, yeah. and, uh, the fact that I can take that and showcase like clean stuff that you want to take and just talk about, you don't need supplements. It's about nutrition period. Um, it helps a lot. Right. What do like when you're at these expos, what do people say 
when you tell them you're vegan? Oh, it's, man, it's, it's so funny. I think it depends on the demographic of what's going on. The West Coast is very, uh, like, they're very open to it. Um, I've noticed that the Midwest is not, is very, like, uh, in disbelief. Like, no, there's no way. No, there's no way you've been vegan since birth. You know, I get that a lot. Or, you know, where, where do you get your protein? The same question anyone gets. Um, and it's just, you know, and, and after a while, I'll be real. It gets so tiresome having to say the same thing over and over again. Because it's not like this is rocket science, you know. Um, the food that you consume is a macronutrient. It is a fat, a carb, and a protein. And, and people get so obsessed with that one macro, that one thing, protein. They don't seem to realize that carbs and fats are what actually make you bigger. All protein does is make you anabolic. All it does is make you retain it and turn it more into muscle. Um, taxing your kidneys and taking in 300 grams of protein a day is not the answer, especially from the synthetic compounds with all the fillers and all the chemicals that get put into these products. Man, it's, it's, it's about the quality of your protein not the quantity. So it's fun to um, really take that and, and showcase it at these expos. It, having having this there, especially when I work with you know True Supplements, uh, Vegan Strong, and now the Switch for Good campaign, um, it's just fun to really express it, that this can be done. It's, it's cool that you know people are interested because they came to talk to you about it. And I'm usually wearing like a vegan shirt, you know? <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> so it showcases. Some people think it's a joke. Some people think I'm wearing that to be funny towards vegans. I've actually had a vegan couple come to me. He's like, why are you wearing that shirt? That is wrong. You're messed up for doing that. And I'm like, why? And they're like, there's no way you're vegan. And I'm like, I'm more vegan than you. So, <laughs> you know, and um, it just, it goes to show that people are so, uh, one, desensitized towards learning that vegan can be a good word. It doesn't have to be such a bad word. And I'm not, I'm not all about like throwing pain on people or, um, you know, trying to, uh, like destroy people's livelihoods and stuff like that. I just think there's a better way to voice it, especially through the fitness and health movement. Because I think that's one thing that everyone wants to do is be like fit. Yeah. No matter if you're like obese or you're just like skinny fat or whatever, everyone goes on Instagram and what do you see? There's pictures of girls with nice bodies, guys with six packs and, and, you know, food. That's really what it is. So I think everyone has that. That's why I said body dysphoria is so real because these fitness expos are filled with young, young people walking around trying to figure out how can I get there? How can I do this? How can I look like, you know, these people on these magazines? And it's, it's, fun. that's why I, I like the fact that uh, people like Nimai are succeeding and, and all these different people, Tore are succeeding just because they're showcasing this on muscle and fitness magazines covers you know yeah like like you can't say that he got off of this with with me you know there's no way he did he was vegetarian his whole life so i i just like these expos for that aspect it just gets tiresome with uh answering the same questions over and over again yeah i'm sure and and you know part of you has to understand too like these people really are that ignorant to the lifestyle and and again i i try to I try to always see things objectively and understand, man, these people are just a product of their environment and the experiences they've had up until this point. And especially someplace in the, like, you know, the Midwest, Yeah, of course they're not going to be exposed to this stuff. So it is mm-hmm. tiring. Um, I, I, I think what is also tiring is, is like now we have 
so much research and so much evidence out there of the plant-based diet being beneficial and and you have people who are just you know disputing it i think that's what gets more tiresome is that you still have these people who are just you, you know if somebody's successful in fitness who's a vegan in in some way they've like cheated or something you know you can just go down the rabbit hole on instagram or youtube or whatever yep and there's always going to be somebody who's saying no way he he built his muscle you know before he went vegan or steroids or this or that you know it, yep. it's never people can never just be like wow that dude worked hard and and it, you know apparently his diet has worked for him it's it's ignorance and that's how it's it's always going to be that way just because people don't understand that hard work is going to give you the best results and and at the same time having great genetics is going to help push that forward too um but you know not everyone's going to be the olympia bodybuilder you know winner not everyone's going to be a powerlifter on the strongman competitions with these guys that are six foot nine four hundred pounds and still not fat you know so it's like um it's just crazy. I mean, but, but it, it is the industry and, and the society that we live in. So, yeah, I think at places like this, you particularly have a lot of young men who are looking up to these bodybuilders. Um, and, and it's actually funny because you'll, if you listen to interviews from bodybuilders, it's like, who's coming up to you the most? Is it women or is it guys? And they're always like, guys, it's always oh, yeah. guys. You know, they always oh, yeah. want to know what you're doing. Um, in relation to that topic, let's talk about masculinity. You know, what, what does being a man mean to you in this society where there is, um, I feel like a toxic masculinity culture around, Mm -hmm. you know, having to eat meat, having to do certain things to be a man, having to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. What does masculinity mean to you? So, uh, I, I'm glad you asked that. This has been like something I've always thought about. Um, because I, I, in my eyes, I'm a manly man. And, but what that said is because not because I'm huge or strong or whatever, it's because I live a compassionate lifestyle. And I think there's nothing more manly than caring for someone or caring for something and, and doing for others when they can't do for themselves. And I include animals as those others. So, um, I look at my daughter, man. And so for being a man, I, my daughter looks at what, what I do all the time. She's like a sponge, you know? And, um, so being a man to me is, is literally trying to provide, trying to be that provider. Now I, I, I'm all about women's equality and rights and all this stuff. That's great. I mean, I'm all about it, but I think in our DNA, we want to provide. I think that's just how we are. I think we are built to, to do that for people yeah. and animals. And so for me being a compassionate, uh, you know, person to these sentient beings and, and people that just can't take care of themselves or just in general, which Man, I'll be real with you. I'm a negative person half the time. I'm doing all I can to try and just do better for myself. Um, but doing things like that really helps that, you know? Yeah, definitely. I like the term strength through compassion. Um, I use that all the time. You know, you're, how you're measured as a man or just a person in general, man or woman, you know, your strength is not determined by how much weight you're pushing on the bench press. It's determined mm-hmm. by your compassion and how you're able to help others and, and, you know, humbling yourself and realizing that, you know, you're not the end all be all. You're not, you're not the shit, you know, you're part of this, this world with these billions of other people. And the best thing that you can do to show that you're a leader, to show that you are strong 
is to pick up those who are below you because it shows that that you're humble. It shows that you're a leader. And I think that going against the grain, especially as a man in this society and not wavering on on your beliefs and your convictions is is immensely strong. It's stronger than you could you could squat 800 pounds. But if you're out there, you know, spreading your message and and sharing your voice with the world, despite most of them disagreeing with you mm-hmm. and continuing to live that life, no matter what people say, I, I think that 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 strength holds so much more weight in this society than any amount of, um, you know, bench press or squat or exercise that you could ever do. I agree completely. Why are there so few men in the vegan movement? I think this answer is kind of obvious, but I want to hear your opinion. Uh, you know, veganism has always been more of a, a feminine type of thing and, and, and meat and protein and all stuff has been like based towards men. Like, you know, men have to eat their steak and potatoes. They got to have their, their meat, you know, and, uh, that that's how it's always been. I mean, you look at these, any of these commercials about anything, it's all geared towards men. You know, um, I think women have more of an emotional connection with things and people. I think that they're more compassionate than men just by right. Um, I think like that right there, as, as we are supposed to be providers, I think women are supposed to be caregivers and it's, it's, you know, it's been looked at, it's been demasculized to be vegan. So, um, it's, it's tougher, especially with the word vegan. I mean, you see a lot of people and I'm very conservative, man. So I don't, I'm not into like pink and blue hair and, you know, all these different things. Like I, I, I live a pretty like simple conservative life. That's what I do. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an activist in that aspect. I just, I like to care for things and do stuff, but I think that's what it is. I think the word vegan and the plant-based movement has been so demasculated over so long, uh, since the fifties, you know, um, that it's just got that stigma. Cause if you look at all this stuff with, uh, the supplements and protein and all this stuff, it's, it's all geared towards men. Like, Oh, I want to look huge, you know, and veiny and, and gross and all these different things. I want to look like the Hulk. And uh, what are they? Oh, I eat chicken every day. I eat steak every day. You know, I'm taxing my liver. My colon's probably going to drop out, but this is what I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think the industry actually has really pushed away. I, I believe that man, man or woman, innately we are compassionate creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all hold compassion. And yeah, I do believe that, that women can tend to be more compassionate and be able to connect emotionally, Mm -hmm. uh, like in a more easy way. But I think that men hold this too. I don't think it's a black and white, you know, uh, issue. I think that it's, it's a scale, it's a spectrum. And I think what the industry has done is it's completely eliminated that, that compassion that, that men do hold. And it's, you know, we're told that we shouldn't have that at all, that we shouldn't have emotions, that we should just be strong and tough and and just go through no matter what. And I think that if we could just play into that compassion that's there, you know, maybe it's not as much as, as what a woman would innately hold, but I, I think we all have it no matter what we're human, you know? Um, and I think if we could just tap into that a little bit, that men would be able to to then buy into this movement and understand that, you know, having compassion is not a bad thing and and still being able to keep those other masculine qualities uh, of being the caregiver and understanding that it's, it's going to help it more because when you're able to be compassionate, 
you know, you're able to be a leader and, and help more people in general and be that caregiver. So I, I think the industry has honestly just taken what little bit, you know, was there or, or a lot, you know, some men have a lot of compassion and it's just eliminated it. And, and when it's completely gone, that's obviously going to make men look at this movement and think, why do I, why do I want to be a part of that? You know, that involves emotions and caring and feeling. And, you know, that's for a woman. And I'm like, man, like we all have that inside of us. Like maybe you don't have it as much as somebody else, but it's just like a, a basic thing that, that you're trying to completely shove off to the side. And, and that's not how it works. Like, you know, we're, we're humans and, and we do have these emotions. Well, and, and we're social creatures and that's what we want. And I think who you are around really influences how you're going to be as a person. You know, I've been in uh, relationships and around people who literally just made me feel so negative that I, I, I didn't give a shit about anything. You know, but then I meet people that I, I absolutely feel recharged around and I want to feel love and I want to feel emotion in these things. You know, I'm not as cold or dark as I could be. And it's, it's just, it's, it's right. It's a whole societal thing. I think it's who you relate yourself with. I think it's who you choose to be around. And, um, at the same time with this whole thing, it, it's just, man, it's a lifestyle change. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, just going through school, learning that, you know, we needed this to be strong, you know, uh, the switch for good campaign, which I love with Dotsie Bosch is, um, showing that, you know, these Olympians used to have milk mustaches. And I remember these commercials growing up having milk mustaches for the Olympics, because that's what made you strong. That's what made you, you know, win these things. Um, and it's usually men too, having all these like things. <laughs> and, uh, so as a kid from eighties, nineties, Going into to where we are today, um, just watching that, it, it subliminally brainwashes you to think that you need these things. It makes you think that you don't need to care for things. Yeah. And I, I mean, you said you're a pretty conservative guy, and I think that that's a perfect example of, you know, you don't have to be a hippie or liberal or, or anything like that to be in this movement. You just have to care that there is an injustice happening. There is oppression happening against, you know, another being that we share the earth with and you know you don't even have to be an animal lover you really yeah. don't you just have to understand that like oppression is wrong mm -hmm. in any form you know like like you could hate dogs and cats but that doesn't mean that like you know we should we should let them suffer same thing for for cows and, and chickens and pigs and mm -hmm. and all the other animals we exploit you know, you really don't have to like these these animals. You just have to understand that oppression and injustice is wrong. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Is it harder for you to talk to people about going vegan, you know, not having ever been on the other side? You know, uh, it's funny. I get a lot of people that'll, especially under these panel discussions, uh, the the host will usually skip over me. Oh, well, Carrie can't relate to this. But I that's not true. I have watched people go vegan. I have watched what they're going through. And, and it's it's, it's easier for me to express it because I can watch it from the outside and see how hard it is for the different people or what, what took those steps to make it difficult. Um, you know, and, and I just have to tell them like, you know, this is a lifestyle change. You're not, you're not treating this as a diet. If you're treating this as a diet, you just might as well just cut out meat for a little bit. You're going to go back and do it. It's just like when people transition out of veganism, uh, like some of these famous people who are literally not vegan at all to start with. Right. And, and I say that all the time. If, if you transitioned out, because you thought your health was wrong. No, it wasn't veganism. It's because you were drinking your piss every day and you weren't <laughs> <laughs> staring at the sun for 20 minutes a day. So, um, 
it, it just comes down to, you know, I watch it and then I tell people if, if you could transition, treat it as a step-by-step process. You can go cold Turkey. Cool, man, do it. That's awesome. You know, yeah. some people who, who, who can't handle that, which a lot of people don't have the confidence to do that or, or just literally they can't, they can't have the confidence to even like go to the gym. Um, it, it just takes time, you know? So it's not hard for me to talk to people about going vegan, not being on that side. Um, and I actually like giving people advice about it just because I was vegan when there was no vegan products out there. You know, yeah. there was literally, man, the mayonnaise that I grew up eating was Nasoya and it is disgusting. It looks like glue. <laughs> it's like paste, you know? And, um, so what I like to express to people too, is like, especially this last five years, man, vegan products have gone nuts. Like the plant-based movement has grown in the last five years more than I've ever seen it my entire life. Yeah. And it's only continuing and only continuing it. You know, that's why uh, you see like Tyson foods buying into different vegan brands and plant-based products. And so, because that is the future. Yeah. So they're actually starting their own. Now they sold their shares uh, beyond meat stock. Um, so they could focus on their own plant-based line. There it is. That's crazy, man. Tyson Foods. Well, and, and like just the news you keep hearing, like uh, just the other day, Pizza Hut announced that they're going to launch vegan cheese in all their U.S. stores. Like Pizza Hut, man. Yeah. And, We're and, not and, talking about like your local little vegan shop down the store. <laughs> We're talking about Pizza Hut, Burger King's uh, releasing the Impossible Whopper. Like yep. they're testing that now. Like so many things are happening. And, and I agree with you, man. Like I've... I've been vegan for seven years, um, which is, is not as long as some other people have. But when I started, there was like Boca burgers. Yes. And now we have Beyond Meat burgers and Impossible burgers and, and and all these other brands. And I can go to TGI Fridays and and get a freaking Beyond Meat burger. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. It has absolutely exploded. So I think you do have the advantage in that of saying, hey, man, I used to eat this nasty shit. Look where it's at now. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true, man. That's so I tell people, it's like, man, you haven't you haven't lived yet then. I said, because I, I grew up in, like, harsh conditions here, man. You know, so it's uh, it's pretty cool to see it, especially here in the South, man. We, we get the, the, the last of everything. I got beyond uh, sausages, like, literally, I think – six months after everyone else had them, you know, just yeah. because, yeah. um, thank, thank God I travel so I can try different food from around the country and, and do something. And that's one thing I tell people all the time too, man, if you really want to, um, like really pursue veganism, travel, go to some of these big cities and try some new food. There's some amazing stuff out there. And I think that's more fun than buying a fancy watch or a, you know, fancy outfit. Spend <laughs> Spend 150 bucks and go go to New York. You know, from here to New York is 150 bucks. So yeah. go to New York City for the day. Come back, eat some food, enjoy it. You know. Yeah, yeah, really, honestly, I, I tell people that too because um, especially here in southwestern Pennsylvania, you know, Pittsburgh itself as a city has a lot of great options. But as you kind of get uh, further out, yeah. you know, it's it's a lot more rural. And you know, my cousin, for example, he is he just recently switched over to a plant based diet and. And he talks about how it's hard in his area. And it certainly is. I'm like, man, you got to come up to the city more, you know, like just, just travel a little bit. But another thing you can do is just, Hey, let like your, your local grocery store know that, that you want these products. And, and you think maybe all one person saying that can't make a difference, but you know, our mutual friend, Fraser Bailey, Mm -hmm. they got like 
a whole vegan section in there. I, I think it's Win Dixie is is the yeah. grocery store they go to. Like they literally got a whole vegan section in their grocery store, and just recently did like a, a whole like plant based cooking demo. Yeah, just just by getting in the ear and saying, "Hey, these these are some products that we are interested in," and I think a lot of other people would be interested in as well and like here's where the movement's going like you know like you honestly can make a difference with your voice just like you know tell them hey i want i want these products oh yeah and and, and these huge companies and especially when dixie's food lines all that stuff they are they are following the trends and plant-based is the trend right now and it's going to yeah. keep growing it's going to keep going especially like pennsylvania man i'll tell you my favorite city to eat in the entire country right now is philadelphia yeah I love Philly so much. Like I, I go there just for a weekend sometimes just to eat. <laughs> Have you been to uh, WizKid? Yes, man. I get uh, their Reuben. I love their Reuben. Uh, uh, I love that they merged now. Now that's, uh, you know, V Street is WizKid and all that stuff. And it's so good. Dude, it's so good. The the Philly from WizKid is just absolutely insane. Yeah. Like. But- but having it connected to V Street and they got all that street food that's completely vegan, man, it's so good. Yeah, and and they have like the full spectrum. Like you can go to WizKid, get a Philly cheesesteak, like a sloppy Philly cheesesteak with like yeah. cheese whiz. And then you can go to Veg and have like a five-star like dining exactly. experience where you don't know what anything is on the menu. <laughs> I, I say this too, man. If you've got a date, like you got a girl you really want to impress and you want to do something, Philly has one of the coolest restaurants for like a romantic date. And that is a uh, Miss Rachel's pantry. Oh yeah. You can go get a five course dinner. Um, you, you pay ahead. You got to book it like a month in advance on their website, but it is by far the most coolest dinner. They like plate things out. You get to talk, you bring your own wine if you want to. Um, but it's very romantic and, and, and it's awesome. I, I, I like to push her cause she's like a local, um, awesome person she's really sweet but miss rachel's pantry is dope i love it nice noted well for all the men listening if you're not vegan do it for the vegan women there's plenty oh. of them trust me and then take them to that oh, restaurant yeah. sounds it's amazing good food. it's good food too you can't miss it yeah philly's great man i i've been lucky enough to to have traveled to 45 states and um there's so much good food everywhere you just gotta, just gotta look it up yeah. Get, get on happy cow is a great website um mm-hmm. even just google now i mean yeah, like and sure. and most cities have like a a vegan organization um that lists everything out mm-hmm. but literally any big city that you go to is going to have at least at least one vegan restaurant and more likely than not now it's it's two or three and and plenty more that have tons of options like it's it, it's not as isolated as people think you know if you're obviously you're in you're in like the rural back country and that's different story but if you're in any like metropolitan area like there's there's going to be options for you exactly let's talk about how you became involved with true supplements okay so i uh i met uh mossy arias and stefan williams years ago through another business venture and uh, i decided to lead the company and work with them on their projects um you know mossy arias is a huge uh influencer with fitness and women's empowerment um does a whole bunch of health type things. Uh, she's very interested in the plant-based lifestyle as well, you know, uh, but coming from you know bodybuilding and stuff like that, it, it takes a lot to really educate people. And I think that's the biggest thing is education. So she really wanted to, uh, you know, get away from supplement companies that were just synthetic, had all these dyes in it, um, used animal products and everything, byproducts. And so she wanted to create something, uh, Stefan and her. So we, we teamed up with Sean Torbati 
and uh, who's really good at formulating and creating different types of supplementations and, and, and formulas there. Um, and we started True Supplements. So it's a completely plant-based uh, supplement line, has a huge range of uh, products, and everything is healthy. Um, nothing has, you know, all that filler, all the stuff. And there's like 11 ingredients in every product. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to send you some more too, just so you can add some, but, um, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I became involved because I, I'm very heavy into uh, web graphic and operations. Um, that's what I've always done since I was a kid and I can just kind of grow into it. So I'm a really good operations manager. That's what I do. Um, and so we helped create the whole company and, you know, these are busy people. So I helped kind of form it and operate it. So all the fitness expos, all the online sales, um, direct to consumer stuff with the websites, building out websites, adding things, plugins, landers, all these things. That's how I became more involved with it. And it's very cool because we went from, you know, making no money uh, about four years ago to, you know, we're a very profitable company now. Yeah. So what's your background as far as, um, you know, were you, I, I know you've self-described yourself as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, so what was your background before true supplements that they gave you these skills, um, t- to help this company grow? Okay. So, you know, I, I grew up, uh, pretty much in Raleigh, North Carolina, where, you know, it's kind of like a, a big little city. Um, so I went to college. I was, I was going to NC state for, uh, multiple years. Uh, I was working at a Lowe's foods grocery store in a produce department, which is fitting because, you know, being vegan, um, <laughs> but I, I hated it. Um, I didn't hate it for the fact that it was work. I hated it for the fact that, man, I, I just wanted to make money, you know, not having money and doing stuff like that. I wanted to grow and really succeed in life. And so I got really money hungry. Um, so I started taking on other jobs and I started bouncing downtown at a bar called the blue martini. Um, so I was, you know, getting paid to work there at night and then going to work in the morning, doing stuff like that. But I was, I was getting very uh, popular for a lot of people down there. And a lot of people started to know me, uh, especially through college, um, different friends, different opportunities came up. And so I, uh, I started promoting downtown for these bars and I opened up a bar, uh, with, you know, other partners there. And I just started making tons of cash. Um, the, the challenge with that was, I had never made money like that before. So I blew it fast, like (laughs) very fast. I mean, we're talking about like six grand a week and I'd probably spend about five of it. You know, I did not care. I, I, and, and, and so the challenge of that was I had to learn a lesson there because that abruptly stopped a couple years later and I had to diversify my income. So when that was that, I started my LLC, uh, you know, and I started taking on different gigs with, websites and graphics because as a teenager i was a nerd man I, I had a computer and i learned how to do websites by looking at other people's source codes because i used to game i used to play a, a game called counter-strike <laughs> and uh uh everyone had like a clan website so i would actually get on there and look how it was made and then i would copy the code and figure out how to change things i was like oh cool this is how you do this you know wow. And, um, that's how I started doing it. And then I got involved with like different types of content management systems, portals, membership type softwares and how to integrate them. And and especially with the e-commerce and it just took off. So, uh, I started doing that for multiple people, uh, in this area. And, uh, I think I had about five clients. So I was making pretty good money every month on retainer, you know, taking in contract pay and, and going from there. And I still do, I still have all these different gigs going on. Um, 
I started working a corporate job. I did the same thing, web, graphic, operations and stuff. Uh, it was actually called for the EFT group. And it was on the, uh, it was the largest outsourced personal training company on the East Coast. Uh, pretty much all the retro fitnesses and multiple clubs around the, uh, the country, gym chains, would use our services to find personal training and then manage personal training. And we would take a, a split or a profit from that, or we just rent out the gym. So over 500 locations. And then here I am, the youngest uh, operations manager, uh, like executive in the company, trying to help manage that. So yeah. I did that for years growing. Um, and then, you know, of course, I met people like Mossy Arias and Stefan and all them. And, and I kind of leaned towards doing my own thing again because I hated the corporate environment. So, um, and at the same time, just, just so everyone knows, I dropped out of college. You know, I, I was in college for three years uh, on an electrical and computer engineering uh, major. And the fact that I was doing so well and, and, and doing my things, I dropped out. So I've always had that, that hustle mentality. And especially now being in my 30s, I can't stop that, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, because I don't have a fallback. So yeah. um, I just want to keep growing and, and doing something like that. So the benefits of it are I, I got to really do things for myself. Now, granted, I might be working 100 hours a week uh, when everyone else is working 40 and people are going out and drinking and getting screwed up and stuff like that. Here I am working still. Here I am, you know, at, at your bar, help manage this bar because I want to make money while you get drunk. Um, the benefits are I've, I've lived a comfortable lifestyle. I haven't had to struggle. I'm not living check to check. I can provide a, a, an awesome life for my daughter. Yeah. Um, and, and if I want to take a trip somewhere, I'm going to take a trip. Um, and I just, I don't stress money doesn't buy happiness, but damn, does it make it easier to live? Mm. And I, I don't like people to put an emphasis on that, especially now. Like I said, I'm trying to change my whole outlook on things towards, uh, helping people more just because I've always been more selfish instead of selfless. And I'm trying to do different with that. You know, having my daughter really helped change that with me. Yeah. Um, my, my tips for people though, is like, man, like when you're in your, your upper teens and you're going into your twenties, really learn what you want to do then. You know, like that's, if, if you've got a niche and I think Gary V said it best, you know, you don't have to be, uh, doing everything. You don't have to go into business administration and do what everyone else is doing. Find what you're good at and then really put a hundred percent into doing that. Yeah. You know, if it's, if, man, if you like working on cars, work on cars and figure out how you can really make money doing that because there's always going to be a need. You just got to figure out what that niche is and, and capitalize on it. Um, everyone's always going to need supplements. Everyone's going to always need web and graphics. Everyone's going to always need advice, you know, and, it's the best thing that you can do is just try to fulfill it. Yeah. I, I think it's tough for young kids. There's a lot of pressure to go to school and, um, kind of decide like right when you're 18, like, okay, like what are you doing for the rest of your life? And I wish that more young people would go out and explore and travel and try different things and, and find your passions that way. Because I think what happens a lot is people, feel pressured. They go to school for four years for something, and then they either lose interest or they get a degree in that job or, or in that field rather, and try to get a job and they can't find one. And then they're, they're kind of stuck. And then before they know it, you know, they're 30 years old and it's, it's tougher at that point because they may have more responsibilities. They may have families, they may have a mortgage now. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so I wholeheartedly agree that your 20s, your early 20s, and even now I'm 27 and I feel like I'm finally just getting a grasp on where to begin, yeah. like on my journey, you know? Right. So it's incredible. And, and I've done a lot of searching. I've done a lot of traveling, experimenting. So it's it's not always going to come right away. But we, I think we have, life is short, but I think we have more time than we realize. People think they have to have it figured out when they're 18, 19, 20 years old. Because just go explore. Like, man, we, we have one shot at this life, you know, like just like experience as much as you possibly can in my opinion and and then go from there and and then by the time you're 30 you know hopefully you've you know or, or, or just around that area you know hopefully you've gotten some sort of direction i feel like that's the time like okay time to grind you know exactly. it's time to put it in and, and and don't compare your timeline to somebody else's that's another big thing too some people sure. are already grinding and, and doing it big by the time mm-hmm. they're 22 23 um you know but that's 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 their journey not yours by focusing on them you're not going to help yourself in any way you're just going to if anything make yourself feel more down i think i think as long as you're finding motivation in a fact that you can really push yourself to overcome certain things without other people pushing you that's that's the best thing what motivated me man was um watching my parents work their asses off to pay bills and um you know i had to work with my dad when i was like 12 13 14 years old so i've been working hard since I was young and um, watching my mom hate her corporate job, hate it, literally putting her into like sadness because she hated her job and thinking to myself, wow, so I'm going to school to do this. Ah, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't know if I want to waste eight hours of my day, plus an hour driving there, plus an hour driving back to so literally 10 hours of my day, hating my life because I'm not fulfilling the, what I could do better. You know, I'm not doing what I want to do. Right. And, and that was one of the, the big reasons why me uh, dropping out of college, just because I was like, I, you know what, I'm going to figure it out no matter what. And, um, and I believe that I think if you have a hustle mentality, and especially nowadays, if you can grind, and you're a hard worker, you're going to find where you belong. It's, it's going to, it's just going to happen for you. And I think a lot of people understand this. Everyone is given opportunities daily. Like if you network, you talk to people, you do things like this, you, you kind of go around and you see things. That'd be my advice. Seize every single opportunity you can, no matter if it's kind of shitty. Um, and at the same time, network your ass off, man. Brand yourself. You don't have to brand yourself as an influencer or anything like that because I hate that fucking word. But I do like <laughs> influential people. And if you can really take something and you can make it great, um, man, you're doing great already. You don't have to worry about it because things are going to happen to you. Just seize those opportunities the best you can. Yeah. I think people miss that mark. It's like these little opportunities and daily things that you do over time consistently that that grow you. It's not these, it's not this grand plan. It's not this some like, you know, I don't know, like like sexy, like idealized like version of success that so many people think. It's it's literally these little things. And they add up, you know, for instance, even me just starting this podcast, you know, for the longest time I just thought about it. And probably for a year, I kept listening to podcasts like, oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. And I just thought about like, I thought about this like idealized way to go about it. And finally, I just, I just got caught up with myself or or fed up with myself. And I was just like, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to start. Like, it's never going to be perfect opportunity or time or or version or plan that I'm going to have. And I went out that night and I bought, you know, this little interface to, to plug my mic in. And I just started it and day by day, you know, I, I, I got one thing done and I got the next thing done. And like, here I am now, like 
five months later and I've made connections with so many people from all over the world that have led me to other opportunities and led me to travel opportunities and new friends and just like, and I'm just thinking back now, literally thinking back to like the point I decided that I was going to do this and and looking at myself there and looking at myself now and just seeing how much has changed. And it's literally just through the daily action that, that I've put into this. Man, we're all evolving as people. You know, I, I don't think anyone ever stays the same and I only want to evolve myself to be better. And, and, and finding that motivation. And I'll be real with you, man. I was in a funk for years in my, my upper twenties. Um, just because I was, I was going through some, some dark stuff with like who I was related with and who I was doing stuff with. My motivation came from my daughter, you know, that right there gave me more motivation. All right, cool. Boom. I'm back on it. You know, because being an entrepreneur is tough. Like you're going to fail. It's going to happen. Like not everything's going to be a success. And I think a lot of people aren't used to that. So taking that risk, that's, I mean, that's a, taking that leap. That's what you got to figure out. Like, man, I'm going to do it. And so like you did that, you went and you bought the, the, the gear for your podcast and you're doing it. You know, you took that risk, you took the investment and you did it. And, yeah. and now look what you're doing. So same with me, man. I, I take risks all the time. There's something I have lost my ass on, you know, but I just take it as a, as a, an experience and, you know, try to do better next time. Isn't that so important to have motivation that is beyond yourself? Uh, you know, there's there's days that I wake up and I'm like, man, I have to I have to edit this this podcast or I have to do this, I have to do that, and I'm just like, I really do not want to do it. Like, and, and honestly, most of the days are like that. Most days I'm not motivated, and I wish people would understand that that, that motivation is so fleeting. It is so fleeting that most of your days you're not going to be motivated to want to get up and do the daily work, at least in my experience, you know, you're going to have like one or two good days out of the week where you wake up and you're like, let's kick ass today. But I feel like a lot of the times you're waking up and I have to remind myself, why the fuck am I doing this? What's the reason behind it? And then when I remind myself, Oh, that's right. There's all these things happening in the world that you want to change. And, and I feel like I have this obligation to create as big of a platform as I can to share my message of, of compassion and love and to help people, you know, become leaders in their own lives to create this ripple of happiness throughout the world, because I've experienced it through myself, through living the vegan lifestyle of how my life has changed for the better. And I feel like if I don't go and do that and help other people that I'm doing a disservice. And and so that's my motivation because when it's me against me, I'll tell you what, I lose 50% of the time, you know, my self motivation can easily crumble. But when I have what feels like, you know, the weight of the world on my back or or the world counting on me, that's purpose beyond myself counting on me to perform, it's so much easier to get up and be like, okay, I got to get it done. And the same thing, you know, with your daughter, you want to create the best life you possibly can for her. Mm-hmm. So when you, I'm sure when you have those moments of, you know, not wanting to do something, you, you think about her and, and think about, you know, if you make this decision now and then you make it again and again and again, how that's going to affect her life. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's, uh, having responsibility for yourself and then for other people too, uh, and other things. I mean, that, that right there, when people depend on you, um, man, you gotta have that. Like I don't have a choice, you know what I mean? So it's, it it really, it really kicks you in the ass to go into overdrive and just do something. And, uh, so every day I try to do something different or something more or better myself or do something more with the company and make it work. And, 
I mean, if I don't want to do something, I'm going to find something else to do that that's going to benefit me or my family or, you know, my, my initiatives that I'm trying. Yeah. Talk about growth mindset and how to achieve this mental toughness, because this is not something that most people possess. And it takes, at least for me, it's, for me, it's taken years of cultivation and, and putting myself into deliberately trying to grow, um, and and be mentally tough to be able to deal with life. Because like you said, you're going to fail. Life is going to punch you in the face. That's it. You know, it's multiple times that that's life. You know, how do you, how do you achieve that? How do you grow that, that, that mental toughness and and be in that growth mindset all the time? Man. Um, I think it, it, it comes with hitting, hitting some rock bottom shit man, like you, you have to really be put on your ass. Like, man, I'm really not the shit, you know, to really start respecting yourself and the fact that, okay, okay, I can get through this. Like I can grow, I can make this work. Um, how do I do this? Boom. I'm starting from scratch. Uh, you know, Rocky Balboa in that movie said it best is, you know, life's going to hit you hard. It's going to put you on your ass. It's how you keep getting up. It's how you keep going forward while you're getting punched. That's what's going to do it. You know, I, I have always fought to be successful in what I do or, you know, because business is dirty, fitness industry is dirty, uh, nightlife and hospitality, it is dirty. So anywhere where there's people competing with each other, it's going to be that way. Um, having that mental toughness comes from literally just believing in yourself, having the confidence to really understand that you can do this, even if you're going to be put on your ass, even if you, you might fail, you're okay because you're going to win in the end. And, and I believe that all the time. I, I just always say, I'm going to, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to win all oh, money. Oh man, I just lost as much money. Boom. Fine. Temporary. I'm going to fix this right now. And, uh, having that confidence, that self-confidence, I think helps with that believing in yourself that you are the shit. And I think like in my head, I'm like, man, I'm the shit, you know? Um, I, that helps a lot. It's okay to be cocky with yourself and it's okay to feel a certain way. Uh, because that growth mindset is going to come from how do I better my life for myself or for my family? And, and, and that's where I think it comes from. Yeah, I agree completely, man. I feel like the biggest growth in my life has come from the darkest places that I've been in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's being in those places and then, and then crawling out with everything you have, because it's that process of crawling out of that whole where it's like you take those daily steps of just getting better day by day. And then you look back on that and be like, man, like I got out of that. Like, here's another situation. Like I can do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think people allow themselves to stay in those dark places and they carry that with them the rest of their lives. And I think that's why a lot of people are unhappy and unfulfilled is they never, they never actually get out of that first dark place. It, it, having that victim mentality is the number one thing that hurts people in success. Um, not blaming yourself or blaming other people for your wrongdoings or, or something and not having the, the guff or the balls to like get up and be like, I can fix this myself or, okay, it is my fault. I think that is one of the biggest things that has hurt people. It has ruined relationships. It has ruined relationships for me. Um, it has ruined partnerships with me. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to say when it's my fault and, and I need to do better. So I think that that's true. Having that dark place and, and finding your light and then making that light shine as bright as you can and then achieving you what you had to do. That's where you gotta be. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. Definitely. 
I want to switch gears and talk about a really cool initiative that that you've been a part of, um, Veg South. Yeah. Uh, what you're trying to do for Southern culture and the vegan movement. Cool, man. So yeah, Veg South is a partnership between me and a really good, like one of my best friends, Layla West. Uh, she lives in Franklinton and uh, Franklin County is literally the most rural area I've been in a while. Um, it's very, very problems with health, uh, a lot of diabetes, obesity, heart disease, all the things that are stigmatized with, you know, eating products from animals. Um, so veg South is an initiative that basically, uh, we want to educate people in a manner that is not me preaching to you, but honestly us showing you that, Hey, this is a plant-based food. Um, this is what it does. This is the perks of it. This is why it's good for you. And hey, wow, it tastes good. So we're doing an event on June 15th in Franklinton. It's called the Beer Bourbon Barbecue Festival. But it's completely 100% plant-based. Because right now, I think VegFest are cool, um, you know, because it's, they got some vendors there and stuff like that. But I don't think they do a good message of helping non-vegans and non-vegetarians uh, entertain it. And so what we were trying to do is literally go to these rural counties and put on an event like bluegrass music, man, or uh, country music, local musicians. Um, so there's concerts. There's a farmer's market. I'm not going to call it vendor's area. There's a farmer's market where it has local plant-based people, um, different types of foods, different types of uh, stuff there. Um, and then at the same time, we want to feed them. I'd say 100% of the whole deal with this is to feed these people. And uh, like I said, my partner, Layla, she is one of the best chefs i've ever ate food from like she can make anything great so the barbecue will be like a soy base and then for the in a gluten base and then everything else will be like jackfruit well man anyone that's ever had it they, they don't know the difference how you season it right so i think that's what we're going to try and do is basically take uh a fun event and and flip people into thinking wow this is awesome and then oh you just ate a vegan meal and it looked and it tasted like meat to you. Boom. Here's the perks of it. Here's the education behind it. If you have questions, you can talk to us. I know a lot of my different friends, Frazier is going to come down too and check it out. And, and, and anyone's invited, you know, um, might even do some speaks and, and panels there if anyone's invited too. Like they, they can come. I don't care. Um, but it's just to be fun. And so none of this is for profit for us. Uh, we're, we're, we're comfortable with how we, we do our jobs and we make money doing what we want to do. So all the proceeds of this are going to go to the blind spot animal sanctuary, uh, for the June event. And that's a pig sanctuary. It's where they save pigs and they raise them and, and, and make sure they're healthy. And same thing, Layla at the Mason street manor here, which is where we're hosting this event. She has three pigs herself that she saved. So it's, it's, it's initiative to really help rural and country life because it is one of the most unhealthy lifestyles I've seen, um, show something better. So we're trying to really change minds, uh, through food, entertainment and education. And that's what the initiative is all about. That's awesome, brother. I think that's perfect for, for that, you know, uh, area yeah. to do it in that way. You know, those people, I, I feel like people in those areas aren't going to listen to, you know, a, a speech of somebody talking about, you know, animal cruelty or anything like that. No, like feed them some food, give them some music, give them a reason to, to be involved with culture and, and, you know, and, and kind of that, that whole thing. So I, I think that's awesome. When, uh, when is that happening? So June 15th, 
in Franklinton. And uh, the website's vegsouth.com. And there's like all the information on there. You can check it out. And then um, we, we plan on doing this all day long. I mean, I, I really want to turn these things into uh, big events to where, you know, I can go to Louisiana. Uh, I can go to uh, rural Florida, you know, like South Carolina, all these different places, Georgia, and and try to just show people this is this is awesome. Like this is a, a better lifestyle to where you don't have to worry about heart disease. And man, if you've got heart disease, let me show you how we can reverse it. You know, um, if you got diabetes, which is what number two, I think of most people have diabetes over, I think anything right now. Man, look, you can reverse this through a plant-based diet. Here's some food. Try it. What do you think? Oh, man, I bet you that's pretty good. So that's what we're trying to do because I've, I've realized that Southern culture is very stubborn. And um, if you're going to go off the animal cruelty factor of it, they're not going to listen to you because a lot of these people are farmers. Right. And they don't look at pigs or cows or uh, you know chickens uh, like we do. They don't look at it like, oh, they, they could be a pet. They look at it like this is literally a product that I'm growing. I'm harvesting this animal to be, you know, as a product of food. So I'm, I'm going after more of the health aspect and the entertainment aspect just because I think once people come out and are having fun and they're checking out everything, um, once they try the food and once they, they see how different it can be without really messing up their lifestyle – and then they learn about the health benefits of it. And wow, this is okay to eat. And I can eat this all the time and not have a problem. Um, and at the same time, it's not expensive. Then, then I think we can help change the minds. And if I, man, if a thousand people come out and I change maybe 1% of that, even half a percent of that, it's a success for me. Yeah. And if not, man, you plant seeds. You know? Exactly. That's all we got to do. That's all you yep. can do. Yep. Carrie, any last words for the listeners? Man, I, uh, you know, I, this is an awesome podcast, by the way. I enjoyed all these questions. Uh, it was really well organized, too. I appreciate that. Thank you, yeah. man. You, you gave some fantastic responses as well. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great to have that. You know, a lot of people uh, don't take it seriously. I see that you do. So, you know, for, for anyone listening, you know, um, you can always follow me on Instagram or, or go to vegshout.com and email me if you want to. But uh, my Instagram is at Carrie kid, um, C A R E Y K I D D. And uh, I always love talking about this stuff. You know, I always answer uh, direct messages and uh, give advice where I can. Um, but for entrepreneurship, man, I, I'm telling anyone that's listening now, just find your why. Same thing goes with anyone transitioning to veganism, find your why, and then really stick to it and figure out what you want to do and what makes that important to you. If, uh, if it's important to you and you really like that, then you're going to do it and not have any qualms about it. It might be difficult and it might be hard at times, but uh, once you really believe in it, you're going you're gonna to really succeed at whatever you're trying to do. So if your goal is going vegan, cool. I guarantee you can do it if you find your why. Your goal is being successful at life and business and all those things. Uh, there you go. Same type of situation. Couldn't agree more, man. Well-spoken. Find your why. I think it's super powerful for all aspects of life. My man, thank you so much for being here. Honestly, um, I'm very humbled to have you on the show and you're a very insightful guy and, and I really appreciated talking with you and I'm excited to be able to share this episode with with all the listeners of the podcast. Um, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. Oh, brother, I appreciate the invite and uh, man, we'll, we'll have to talk again soon. When I'm, whenever I'm in Pennsylvania again, I'll hit you up. Absolutely, man. 
definitely let me know. Talk soon, brother. Thank you. Guys, you did it. You made it to the end of this week's episode. So if you're still listening, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for still being here. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to leave me a rating and review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a family member or friend, somebody you think would also find value in this content. If you want to stay up to date with what I'm doing, please head to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com and sign up for my newsletter. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man Podcast.